so I want to talk today about um, a story that's actually Matthew, Mark, and Luke all talk about, and that is what is very commonly referred to as the woman with the issue of blood. Um, it is in Luke 8, I believe, or Luke 9, and then Mark 3. And I like Mark and Luke's uh, take on this. It's very important with this story, especially to make sure that you review uh, all three, uh, the, the three Gospels that cover this story, um, which is one of the reasons why, just as a side note, I do love reading all of the Gospels because it just shows the unique perspective of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, because many of them do talk about the same things. And it's very important to study uh, what each um, gospel has to say uh, about the same situation because it really helps give you a complete picture. Now, I don't have a Bible with me here now because I'm recording this in my car on my phone. And I don't have a Bible with me, so bear with me. But the Lord has really, really pressed this story into my heart. Uh, I first read it when I was a teenager. And... It's all about faith. And a lot of people love this story because they're like, yes, if I just reach out and I cling to Jesus, then I shall be healed and healing is mine. And yes, Lord, amen. And, and he's a healer and we move on. But and, and all of that is very true. But I think it's also incredibly important to um, to dig a little bit deeper because this story I call it a story. It really did happen. It's not just a fake story. But this event, albeit it's very short, it's actually squished in <laughs> between uh, another event. Usually, if um, especially if you're reading like an NIV Bible or any Bibles that have headings, it talks about um, it's the girl who needs healed and then the sick woman is how they it's how they refer to her. And this story about this woman uh, with this issue uh, of bleeding. Um, is actually kind of thrown in the in the middle of everything and it's easy to miss but it's so crucial it's so critical and the reason why is that it really reveals God's nature and we're going to talk a little bit about that and what I mean by that um, we all know that there's kind of a natural order to the world we know that God is the creator of the world and that he has established an order. It's just how things work. Um, if you take any religion classes in college or Bible school, you'll kind of learn about this, how there's just a natural order to things. Even science classes will talk about this. I'm not referring to evolution or anything like that. Um, I'm just referring to that. God is an orderly God. He is a consistent God and he is an unchanging God and we have to remember that which means that there are just there's just some things that work you know that with gravity if you jump up you're going to go back down um, if you know that if you travel uh, you know if you how do I want to describe this if you go very very fast and you hit something you're going to collide and there's going to be a collision there's just some things um, 
that are just orderly. And God is also orderly. He has a nature. He has a way to him. And if he is consistent, which he is, because the word says he is, and if he is unchanging, which he is, because the word says he is, then there are just some, uh, there is just a natural way that God will move. And this is not to limit God. This is just a part of God's nature and his, his character. Um, and in general, it kind of just refers to the heavenly realm. So, and I'll get to that. But we know, what do we know about this story? On the surface level, we know uh, that this woman was desperate. It said that for 12 years, she was dealing with bleeding. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people assume that because it was a woman, we just assume that it was something wrong with, you know, her, her uterus or her ovaries or something like that. It could be some sort of other uh, bleeding disorder. I don't know. I'm not so sure uh, if it was very significant. I don't think that this is just a story for women. I believe that this is applicable to anybody. Um, we also know that, uh, and Mark really goes into this, Luke kind of skates over it, but Mark makes it clear that, um, that this woman spent a lot of time and a lot of money on doctors. And not only that, she was really suffering at the hands of doctors and she was desperate. And Jesus was on his way to, uh, to Jairus's house uh, because his daughter was ill. And of course, everywhere Jesus went, he had huge crowds of people following him. And so it sets the scene of Jesus is making his way through town to try to get to Jairus's house to heal uh, his daughter. And while he's there, uh, it says that there, there's a huge crowd pressing in on him, right? Like physically pressing on him. On him. And based upon how uh, it's worded, it sounds like his disciples are around him trying to help him get through this crowd. And then there's this woman who is desperate and in pain and suffering. And she uh, has done everything she possibly can for the world to offer her. Every, every doctor couldn't help her and, and actually increased her suffering. And, you know, I'm sure financially she's in a terrible spot. Uh, she made it very clear. Uh, the word made it very clear that she spent tons of money. And it was of no result, uh, which... There are a lot of people out there in that same situation. You know, they are pursuing doctors. They are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars um, and not getting anywhere. And she sees Jesus. And, 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 and it says, and she thinks to herself, if I just reach out and touch him and, and touch the, his cloak or the hem of his garment, then I will be healed. And I kind of have this, this image of, you know, she's pressing her way through the crowd. She's just a woman, right? And this is like a mob of people. And um, she's obviously sick, so she's probably not super strong. And it's just kind of my assumption that she actually might even be on the ground. Um, because in, in Mark, it says that she actually, or in Luke, it says that she reaches out and she uh, grabs the end of, of his cloak. And so she does this in faith. And I want to break this down. She does it where I just imagine that expression of faith 
it came from deep within her. She first just resolved in her mind and in her spirit, I know that if I do this, I will be healed. She made that declaration to herself and she did it. And it says, quote, suddenly, in Luke, suddenly, this woman was healed. And, and I love this. The, the phrase suddenly and immediately shows up a lot in the word. And I love it because it does show uh, that we don't have to sit and wait and wait and wait and die and suffer uh, for God to move. You can have your suddenly. You can have your immediately. You can have your at once. You can have, you can have it. In Jesus' name, you can have it. And this is, this is the thing that I love. You know, most people are like, yeah, 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 we know this. Like, if we just reach out in God in faith, uh, you know, and, and, and if it be in his will, if he so desire, uh, then I shall be healed. Or then I shall get my breakthrough. Or then I shall, shall receive what I am petitioning for and receive my supplication if I just try hard enough. And you know what? No. That's not what this shows. And this is the part that I really kind of want to get into because most people ignore this. And this part is that <clears throat> you have to pay attention. The second that she reached out and touched his cloak in faith, now she, she had a mustard seed of faith, right? I mean, dare I say it was bigger than a mustard seed, but it also just says, remember, all you need is a mustard seed, right? You may very well have more, but all you need is a mustard seed, okay? So don't forget that. And... Um, you know, it makes it very clear that that's all, that's all you needed. And, and, um, so, oh boy, people distracting me while doing my first podcast. This is, this is really making for a lot of sense here. Okay. And so, um, (laughs) oh Lord, people are funny. Uh, and so, It also, it says that once she reached out and touched his cloak, she was not only healed, but Jesus immediately stopped and said, who touched me? (laughs) And I love it. His disciples are like, um, there's people pressing all over you. Like we're being mobbed by this crowd and you're picking now to ask us who's touching you. Like who isn't touching you? Jesus is what I sort of feel like, uh, he's saying, which I mean, honestly, that is what he said in the nicest way possible. And he's like, no, I felt power leave my body. Who touched me? And that is so important. People just like to jump over that, but that is so, so, so important. And here's why. Here's why that highlights to me a few things. Number one, When you reach out in faith and you say, yes, Jesus, I am reaching out. I am touching the hem of your cloak. You receive a physical impartation of Jesus's power into your body. I know Jesus is not in front of you. He is not in the form of a man anymore, but we have the Holy Spirit, right? It, it, that was, it was the supernatural power that made it so that uh, you know, when God was on this earth and when that woman did indeed touch him, it was supernatural power that made it so that his power went from her body or from his body to her body. 
But the same is still true for us today, because remember, we have the Holy Spirit. We have a, 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 a direct connection, a direct line to heaven, right? We got the red phone to heaven, and we have Jesus within us. So the same is still true. So that means that when you reach out in faith and, and, and you touch Jesus, and you're like, I know that when I reach out and I touch my Savior, I touch my healer, I touch my Lord, I touch my Jesus, I am going to receive a physical impartation of power and healing from his body into mine. That's amazing. And and that is what you need to expect. That is what that woman expected when she reached out and touched his cloak. She may not have exactly have known how it was going to work, but she had expectation. She knew. She resolved in it. She had an expectant heart. And that caused God to move. That caused that power to move on her behalf. And here's the other thing. Jesus did not have control over that power leaving his body and going into her. Now I can all of a sudden I can hear a whole bunch of people saying, "What? What what do you mean? What do you mean he didn't have control?" No, I don't want to hear it. It's true. It says right there, he didn't know. He had no earthly clue who touched him. Now let people be like, well, you know, he was probably asking for somebody else. No, I really don't think so. He said, no, I felt power leave from me. He didn't, he didn't have any control over it. He didn't have any control over it. So what does that mean? That means that our faith, our strong, 100% convicted, convinced Faith automatically causes God to move on your behalf. And that is where I was talking about there is an order to things. God is an orderly God. He is a consistent God. Heaven, heaven is consistent. We'll talk about uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and heaven in general. Heaven is a consistent place. It is a consistent realm. Uh, the, the Trinity is consistent. They're, they do not change they are consistent. Their promises are consistent, right? So there is an order to things. So God cannot help but move on the behalf of his children who express strong, strong, strong faith in Jesus' name. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Um, it causes him to move. And it catches his attention because again, this is just amazing to me is that Jesus didn't have any control over that power leaving his body. It was faith that compelled it. That is the natural way of heaven. That is the order of how things work. So you, all you need is faith like a mustard seed. But first you have to untrain your brain or rather you have to retrain your brain right? The word says that, that we should always be continually renewing our mind. That is our responsibility. 
It is not God's responsibility for us to be renewing our mind. No, God gives us everything that we need to renew our minds, but it's our responsibility to renew our minds, continue to, to make sure that our faith, we are exercising our faith muscle, right? Because it says to everyone, God has given a measure of faith. If I hear any one of you saying, God, please give me more faith, I'm going to come up to you and slap you upside the head and say, stop praying that unanointed prayer because that is unscriptural. Faith is like a muscle. Everyone has this muscle. God gave you that muscle. No problem. But guess what? Some people's muscles are stronger than others. But that's also not a problem because if you exercise that muscle, your muscle's going to get stronger, okay? So I never want you to say, God, please give me a faith muscle. You have a faith muscle. You were designed with one. But what you can say is, God, please show me how to exercise my faith muscle so that I am like more ripped than a WWE fighter. Okay. Or whatever that is. I don't watch wrestling. Is it WWE? I don't even know what that stands for, but you know where I'm going here. Okay. Okay. And, and that's what you need to do. That's how you should be praying because, and, you know, and that woman really exercised her faith muscle. Okay. She went for it. And guess what? Out of all of those people in that crowd that were touching him and clamoring around him, none of those people had enough faith that caused God's power to leave or Jesus's power to leave from his body and go into them. Because you can't tell me that those people didn't have needs. I'm sure they all did. But it was only the woman who came down and it, all it took was a little touch of his cloak. But it was her, it was her steadfast, 100% convinced faith. She resolved in her spirit, I know that if I do this, then I will be healed. And what did he say? Right? First he's like, whoa, who touched me? Like, wow, that got his attention. That got Jesus' attention. Like you should desire to want to get his attention we should all desire that. And not only that, not only did it get his attention, but her reward was that indeed she was healed. But he said, no, 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 who touched me? And she was afraid. You know, can you imagine? I can imagine Jesus. He's like, hold up. This is something important. This is something special. Like this person, their faith was so strong that, that the power that I have in me as Jesus Christ, the son of God, left from my body and went into them without any control, without any say on my part, right? This is what Jesus is saying. And it says that she went to his feet in fear and trembling, right? This woman had no clue what was going on. And, and she was honest with him. She said, Lord, I knew that if I just reached out and touched your cloak that I would be healed. And I just imagine all of these people are like clamoring around and they want the same thing as her. They're like, I want to be healed. I want a blessing. I want this. I want to, want to, want to, want to. And that's what everybody does even nowadays. And he says, my dear daughter, like be assured your faith has healed you. Go in peace. <laughs> and then he immediately turns around and he goes on his, his initial mission to Jairus. To, to heal his daughter. And so it's so easy to miss this story, but this is so important. So what does this mean for us? It means, it means, uh, again, it kind of goes back to choice. And I, and I hope that eventually I, I have a chance to kind of set my brain on this and, and do another podcast about this. Um, because this means that... Our faith is powerful. 
I'm really, really learning and frustrated by the fact that so many people uh, as Christians, they just, they're like, well, I just, I expect God to move on my behalf. No, there are some things you have to do so that God does move on your behalf. There is a natural way and order of things. Once you have received salvation, it doesn't stop there. Okay, you are going to continue to increase and grow. You will become a powerful man or woman of God in Jesus' mighty name. And one of those things is understanding how to exercise the authority and the gifts that you have been given. And one of those big things is what does this faith mean? It means you have to be 110% convinced and convicted in your heart. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, yes, by God's word, because I am saved, because I believe in him, because I plead the blood of Jesus over myself, that I am indeed saved. Now, you got to remember, this woman actually had not been saved by Jesus at this point, but that also was not yet an option, okay? But now that it is an option, my goodness, how much more power do we have? We do. We have so much more in Jesus' mighty name. We really do. So whatever you're asking for, whatever, you know, maybe you're not even brave enough to ask for it, right? Maybe you're not even brave enough to ask for it. Say, no, no, I believe this. I know that God cannot help but be moved to act on the behalf of those who Uh, believe in Jesus wholeheartedly with the whole heart. So resolve in your mind that whatever it is that you are asking for, whatever your dream is, whatever your petition is, whatever your supplication is, whatever your belief is, whatever your request is, whatever your need is, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. Go to God, go to Jesus and say, Jesus, my healer, my savior, my God, my Lord, Go to God and say, Abba, my father, my daddy, right? My heavenly father, my papa. Go to him and say, I, I just, I declare this faith over my life. I am about to exercise my faith muscle. It will become stronger in Jesus' name. This is what I'm believing for. And Jesus, I am reaching out and I am touching you now. And by the blood of Jesus, I don't have to just settle for your cloak. I can come running up to you and grab your hands and put my hands on your face and give you a hug and say, Jesus, this is what I believe. I know if I reach out and touch you, that that whatever this is, I shall receive it because of my faith in you and know that when you do that God cannot help but move on your behalf the power of Jesus shall be given to you and and believe that yes Lord I am about to receive a physical impartation a physical something of power into my body in Jesus name by the power of the Holy Spirit when you plead the blood of Jesus over yourself And that will bring you victory. And guess what, friends? Understand that that is a rarity, right? Because what this story showed is that there were hundreds of people pressing in onto Jesus, but it was only that one woman who had that faith, who 100% resolved in her heart. No doubt. If you have doubt in your mind, you need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Tell that doubt to leave in the name of Jesus because you're like, no, no, I am going to receive this power uh, that, that Jesus has for me. 
I'm going to receive this into my life. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to proclaim it over my life in Jesus' name. And just see what that happens. And you know what? Don't be surprised if the devil comes up and rears his ugly head. I, again, I want you to turn around and rebuke that in the name of Jesus and say, No, no, I am hanging on to my Savior's cloak. In fact, I'm not even going to settle for the cloak. I know that I'm walking with him hand in hand. Like envision in your mind, there is my Savior Jesus and I'm clinging on to him because I know that if I reach out and touch him, I believe that whatever it is I need with just great faith, I have 100% confidence in my Jesus that I will receive it. And, and I want you to realize the amazing power you have because once you have been accepted as a child of God, God loves you so much that the way he has designed himself, the way he has designed uh, uh, how our faith works, he cannot help but move on our behalf. That's amazing. That should blow your mind. That should encourage your spirit. Uh, go and read that story in Mark and Luke. You can read it in Matthew too. Uh, read it all. Pay attention to the words carefully. It's so awesome. This is my first podcast. I have no clue if this is ever going to go anywhere or if it's going to make any sense. But I can tell you, for me personally, I'm hanging on to Jesus about a few very specific things. And I have an expectant heart because that woman said, yes, I expect that I shall that I shall be healed when I reach out and touch his cloak. So remember that when you were praying that, just feel that fire in your belly, right? Like deep within your core. You're like, yes, I believe this. I'm 100% convinced. I then want you to have an expectant heart and be like, Jesus, I can't wait. I can't wait to receive this thing uh, that I have prayed for because I've asked you, uh, you know, anything that you ask for in my name, believe you have received it and it shall be yours in Jesus' name. I love you.